0: 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise
1: starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. Welcome to spring. Boy, it's always wonderful to have the first day of spring. We're well, not exactly the first day of spring, that was last week, but isn't it wonderful to have spring? So, a special good morning to. Two well-known attorneys in the area. Today we're going to be talking about things that sprout up um, called probate. But welcome to Attorney Michael Coleman.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: And Attorney Tenny Lance.
2: Good morning, everyone.
1: We have the whole crew here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. We have the experts on probate and what happens when somebody passes away. We're going to talk about probate. A lot of people don't know, well, what is probate and what does it mean? Well, today we're going to probe that subject. Mm-hmm. So. No, that's bad. Okay, I won't use that one. All right. Well, good morning and welcome to uh, Sunday morning at WBSM. You're listening to Money Wise brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. And today we're really going to be talking for a whole hour or almost an hour on the subject of probate. And if you think you know what probate is, you probably don't. If you've been through probate, you know that it's a very time-consuming, costly, difficult experience, and it's something to be avoided if you can. So, Tenny, welcome to you first, and thank you for being here.
2: Well, you're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. I think the thing that people most misinterpret about probate is what does the will do? People think that by having wills, you stay out of probate. And it's just the act- exact opposite, that if you have a will, that guarantees you will go through probate.
1: So whether you have a will or whether you don't have a will, you still have to go through probate if you have anything in your name, right?
2: That's right. And people get very confused about that. I, I sit across from people at our conference table, and when I say that a will means that you have to go through probate, their eyes kind of get very uh, questioning and gosh, I didn't understand that. So, yes, that's a very important thing to remember.
1: Well, people just don't even understand what the word probate means. It means to prove something, and basically you have to prove that you're an heir or that you've, if you've got a will, if you've left a will, you have to prove that it was a valid will. And what does that mean? Does he, what do you have to do to show that a will is valid, Michael, for example?
0: Well, in Massachusetts, the will has to be witnessed by two independent witnesses, and it has to be notarized. Okay. Um, And when you do a probate, if there's a will, you have to file the original will with the probate court.
1: So a lot of people think, as Tenny just said, that if you have a will, it means you don't have to go through probate, that you sit down in a lawyer's office and you read the will and give out the property. It doesn't work that way, does it?
0: It does not. Any assets in someone's name alone, um, when you think about it, no one else is going to be able to access those assets. If it's a bank account, the bank's not going to let anyone just walk in and take money out of an account of a deceased person.
1: So they want to know that some kind of an action has been filed in probate court.
0: Right. The court would appoint someone uh, to be able to access the bank account, sell real estate, anything they need to do, but the you know no one's going to allow that to happen until the courts issued their approval.
1: So, Tenny, I have to ask you a question. First of all, you like to sleep late in the morning, right? So I have to give you a quotation from Henny Youngman, one of my favorites. If you're going to do something tonight that you'll be sorry for tomorrow morning, sleep late.
2: (laughs) But I'm not sorry for what I did the night before.
1: (laughs) No, that's true. Um, Well, in any event. In any uh, event. uh, We're talking about probate today. We're talking about uh, two lawyers who are at Lancelot, Inc., and your phone number is what, Tenny? 508-998-8800.
2: And we're happy to see anybody who would like to come in and talk about wills or trusts and how they differ. And uh, that first consultation is a free one.
1: And is one of the things you talk about with folks um, how to avoid probate? I've heard that a lot, how to avoid probate.
2: Yes, people would love to avoid probate. Most people have some experience with it in their past for a mother, a father, a great-grandmother or whatever. And uh, so we talk about a living trust, which is an alternative to probate and to having uh, wills include all of your wishes.
1: So let's come back to the subject of what exactly is probate. It's this process of doing an accounting, I guess, when somebody passes away, right?
0: Is so, so for instance, word? say that someone passes away and they have bank accounts in their name alone. As I mentioned before, no one's going to go into the bank, be able to go into the bank and access that money. Okay. So what they're going to have to do is they have to submit a petition to the probate court. They have to submit a form that shows who the heirs of the estate are, who the devisees in the will are. Um, they have to submit a bond, a death certificate, all these documents to the probate court. And depending on the kind of probate, um, the court will either quickly issue an appointment or most times it takes quite a while to issue an appointment because most times what people want to do is a formal probate, which so, is a complicated okay. process. So
1: you just mentioned something kind of interesting, a word that I'd like to know the definition of. What's a devisee?
0: That's a person named in a will to inherit assets. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. I'd like to be a devisee. Would you, Tenny? <laughs>
2: No, I'd rather be a beneficiary under a trust.
1: Okay, well, that makes sense. I'd I'd rather be living, I guess, too, wouldn't I?
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) So, All right, so the process of probate really is to, if you have a will, to validate the will, I guess, and make sure that the will is proper. Um, Have you seen any will contests before where somebody challenges a will, the validity of a will?
0: Um, Most times, no. Um, Hopefully... If there's going to be some kind of a contest, the parents have thought about that beforehand and they can do a trust or something like that. Um, And also, in most wills, if it's a good will, they'll have what's called a no contest clause. Okay. So that if there is a contest, then a beneficiary may actually be written out automatically. So that's sort of an incentive not to contest a will.
1: So in the wills that you and Tanny draw, do you have no contest clauses in them?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it makes it more difficult for somebody who wants to challenge, right?
2: More difficult, not impossible, but more difficult, yes. All right.
1: Now, I think you've got some conferences coming up soon where you're going to be telling a little bit more in detail about um, wills and trusts and so forth, right? What's that about?
2: Yes. Um, We call it an estate refresher workshop because many people have come to our seminars in the past, and they may have not... um, followed up with any appointment with us and may have forgotten what they learned. So this is called a refresher workshop, and we will review how to protect your assets, what's the difference between wills and trusts, and so forth. This workshop is um, also called a Lunch and Learn because we provide lunch for people, and it's a relatively brief uh, seminar. It's only about an hour, an hour and a half, and you get a free lunch. So come and join us on Tuesday, April 2nd, between 12 and 1.30 at our offices at 352 Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. Uh, please call us if you are going to attend, so we'll have lunch for you. And the number is 508-998-8800.
1: So you want to make a reservation, basically?
2: Yes, please.
1: So whoever said there's no such thing as a free lunch... Didn't go to one of your luncheon Learns. Right. Hmm. We well, love these sessions. I need to come back to Henny Youngman because he's my favorite person to focus on this morning. I actually tried this out in the office, so if you're listening, Deb, this is for you. Um, I tried it out on her. He said, why do Jewish divorces cost so much? They're worth it.
2: <laughs> you said he. Wasn't Henny Youngman a lady?
1: No, no. Henny. Henny Youngman. Henny rhymes, rhymes with Tenny, as a matter of fact. Oh. Henny was a man. He okay. was, a, he was a, a well-known Jewish comedian. He also said, when I read about the evils of drinking, I gave up reading.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> my quote. <laughs> it was a wonderful
1: whole group of great comedians like Groucho Marx and Henny Youngman. I mean, I love these I'll be
2: old... I always thought it was a lady.
1: Nope. Nope. Sorry about that.
2: Before my time.
1: So... Um, let's talk about probate. What, what, how do you file for probate? Let's assume that you didn't do a trust, you did a will Mm -hmm. and the will has to get filed for probate. What has to get submitted to the court?
0: Well, it depends on what assets are being probated there are a few different kinds of probates in Massachusetts. There's, there's a voluntary administration for very small estates.
1: Okay. What does that do as voluntary administration? That
0: just appoints someone to access a bank account basically. All right. Um, and this is for estates or assets with a value less than $25,000. Right. Okay. So that's a process that can be done fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's an informal probate, uh, and a formal probate that are very similar. Um, And generally, if there's real estate involved, you want to do a formal probate. Okay.
2: And what people often forget is that your estate, so-called, is composed of everything that you own at the time of your death, not just a bank account, not just um, some CD or money market account. It's your bank accounts. It's your annuities. It's your uh, real estate and so forth. So if you own a house, you, and you do not have uh, provisions for a trust for it to pass directly, then that real estate will need to go through probate.
1: Okay, so what I've just learned is that there are at least three different kinds of probate. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, informal, which you call a voluntary administration.
0: No, that's, there's the no. voluntary, then the informal, then the formal. All right. So those are the three kinds.
1: Voluntary, informal, and formal. Correct. where it gets confusing already, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the average person probably doesn't know which one they would like to have. Correct. They probably don't want any of them. but
0: Right, right. Um,
2: <laughs> and it, and the, there really isn't any choice if you have real estate because you uh, need to do a formal in order to transfer that real estate.
1: All right, so let me ask you a question that is confusing then to me. If you have real estate but it's in a trust, does that have to go through probate?
2: No, it does not.
1: Okay. So the benefit of having the trust is you can avoid having some assets go through probate. So the other question to ask, and I'm not trying to trip you up, but just trying to make sure that I understand and that our listening audience understands. Mm -hmm. Does everything you own have to go through probate? What if you had an insurance policy?
0: Not necessarily. One of the things that we always tell people is that they want to make sure you have beneficiaries named on insurance and uh, IRAs and other kinds of accounts.
1: Or annuities, I guess we'd have a named beneficiary. Right, right. So
0: there are certain assets where you can name beneficiaries that wouldn't be subject to probate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So most of the time it would be like bank accounts or maybe CDs, uh, real estate, if they're owned by someone in their name
2: alone. Okay. The thing that I tell people, though, is that if you have uh, any kind of an asset that has a beneficiary schedule and you haven't updated that schedule in a, a period of time, and have only one person on it, maybe your spouse, then that is likely to go to probate if that spouse dies before you because there's nobody on that schedule who's alive. Hmm.
1: Well, this gets really very interesting. So you're gonna talk a little bit more about this when you do your Lunch and Learn program, and that's on uh, Tuesday, April 2. But you do want people to register if they wanna to go to that. And how should they? how should they register?
0: You can give us a call at 508-998-8800. I think you can register online as well at lancelawinc.com, but we do prefer people call in just so we know who's coming and how many we have.
1: Mm. Some of my quotations today, by the way, have to do with things like perseverance and not giving up and so Mm -hmm. forth. I've got some great quotations from Tom Brady. His aren't funny because he's a pretty serious guy. (laughs) Did you ever hear the expression, If at first you don't succeed, what's the rest of it?
0: Try, try try again.
2: again.
1: So everybody's heard that, try, try again. So here's one from Henny Youngman. If at first you don't succeed, so much for (laughs) skydiving. I liked Henny Henny Youngman. (laughs) Oh well.
2: Try humor.
1: All right, so probate is the process of going through court either because you don't have a will Mm -hmm. or because you do have a will.
2: Right.
0: And what I would say is that everyone should have a will, at least have a will. And whenever we do documents for someone, we always include a will within the documents we do because if you don't have a will, you have absolutely no control over who's going to be administering your estate and who gets your assets. Um, I've had multiple situations where there was no will, and it just makes it so much more complicated where there is a will you can know who's going to be the executor. You can know who's going to get the assets. So everyone should have a will. So least.
1: what you're saying is at a minimum, everybody ought to have a will. Yeah, absolutely. but you have to recognize that at some point in time, it's possible that the will is going to have to go through probate. court.
2: Right, right.
1: So one of the purposes of probate then is probate court is to make sure that the will is accepted, mm-hmm. allowed. Um, that's right. the official will. Right. And so forth. Um, do executors get appointed at that time also? Or, yeah, I guess you don't call them that anymore, do you?
0: They're personal representatives in Massachusetts now. I think that's because that's a gender-neutral term.
1: I was going to say it's probably because it's gender-neutral, Yep.
0: (laughs) But it's the same thing, personal representative and executor. It's the same thing. It's a person who's in charge of accessing the bank accounts and distributing the money and making sure everything (laughs) gets done properly, paying bills and all of that.
1: You know... Probably 100 years from now, we'll have a personal representative robot. It will be your designated robot that will go to court. What Maybe. do you think, Tenny?
2: Yeah, I was listening on the way over here to a, a radio program about hovercraft taxis that are going to have four to six passengers, and they're just going to go, they're going to fly above the traffic.
1: Well, that happens today right. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, I like Tom Brady also. I think a lot of people like Tom Brady. He mm. had more serious quotations. One of the things he said was, I'm not a person who defends myself very often. I kind of let my actions speak for me. Hmm. I like that. That's, that's a good quotation from yeah. Tom Brady, isn't it? Yeah. So um, we know that when you go to probate, you have to file the will. Mm-hmm. And is there a filing fee?
0: Yeah, there is a filing fee, again, depending on what kind of probate you're doing. Um, the probate fee for a formal appointment is $405 wow, to get into the yeah, probate court. Then you have to publish a notice in a newspaper, which generally is three to $400, and then there are fees, legal fees, and, and again, it can take a long time to get appointed. Okay. Uh, and in the meantime, if you don't have access to the deceased person's bank accounts and who's gonna be paying the mortgage, who's gonna be paying you know, the homeowner's insurance and real estate taxes, so that's always an issue too.
1: Well, that's interesting, Mike, because if you think about it, we're talking with attorney Michael Coleman. If you think about it, um, if the person who passed away has money in a bank account, and somebody wants to file for probate, and they don't have access to their bank account, that means a beneficiary or an heir is gonna to have to come out of pocket to pay those fees.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just met with someone yesterday who were doing a probate. Um, They didn't have a will, unfortunately, so we had to do, first of all, the formal probate, and Mm -hmm. then there's going to be a sale of real estate, so we have to get a license to sell from the probate court. So I asked for another $2,000 to put into the client account just so we can um, do all this for them.
1: That's really interesting. So when you file for a license to sell to sell real estate, is that done at the same time when you file for the initial probate?
0: No, you can't do that. You can't do that until first of all you have an appointment by the probate court and then second of all you know who's gonna be buying the property and what the property is selling for. Mm. So you need to wait until there's a purchase and sale agreement in place and you know what the the value of the sale is gonna be. So again that can take time. The appointment can happen, you know, at one point and then you don't have a contract to purchase until two months down the road and you can't file for the license to sell until That happens.
1: And then when you apply for this license to sell so that you can actually go forward with the closing, how long does that take to get the license to sell?
0: Actually that is usually a pretty quick process because the probate court recognizes that there's a sale pending, Um, so they're pretty good about issuing the license, but it's another expense. You know you have to file Mm -hmm. a petition, you have to file an affidavit releasing the estate tax lien, or you have to get a release of lien from the Massachusetts Department of Revenue if there was an estate tax. Um, so it's a complicated process, and the license to sell can be avoided if you have a will. Okay. So that's one of the important parts of having a will is that you can avoid that license to sell process.
1: Well, that's really interesting. So how long does this whole probate process take? So let's say that somebody passes away, you, you submit the will into the court, um, somebody gets appointed a personal representative mm-hmm. um, then they sell real estate, so they um maybe they do or maybe they don 't get a license to sell it 's mm-hmm. a little right. complicated right um and then eventually the real estate gets sold. Can you then go ahead and just distribute everything?
0: No um generally, we say hold assets or some assets in the estate in case there are creditors that come along or bills that pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, that are liabilities of the estate, so there's money there. Um, because if you don't have money to pay that, the personal representative would be responsible for those bills.
1: So what's the safety period? How long it's say long one year. Be? One year? Yeah, one year. And why is that? Is that because of creditor claims? Yeah,
0: they have a year to make the claim and the probate.
1: All right, so what you're saying is a creditor can file a claim against the estate for up to a year. Is it a year from the date of appointment or is it a year from date of death or...? Anybody know the answer to that one?
2: Um, it's a year from the date of appointment, as far as I know. So that extends it out further.
1: Okay. So this process can take a long time, mm-hmm. and I guess it can cost a lot of money to people.
0: It can. It's, it, it's thousands of dollars between filing fees, attorney's fees, publication fees, and, again, if um, people don't have access to the deceased person's money, then they're going to have to pay for it themselves.
2: mm mm-hmm. Sometimes what happens, um, what happened to Mike a a week or so ago was that uh, he had a real estate closing coming up and the court hadn't yet issued the license to sell. So he had to troop on up to the uh, probate registry up in Taunton and uh, encourage them to issue it right then and there so he could bring it back with him.
0: Actually, it was the the registry and the probate court in Boston. That I had uh-huh. to go to. Oh, which nice. was that was fun.
1: <laughs> well, that means more money for uh, charging the client because you have to make <laughs> yeah, exactly. a special trips to Boston and exactly. everything else. Wow, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. So, probate is something that if you can, you should try to avoid. Then, right, Tenny?
2: Yes, and it's very possible to avoid it with a living trust that is uh, properly in place and properly funded.
1: So, if you want to educate your children and have them understand all everything there is to know about probate, just mm-hmm. do a regular will, I guess.
0: Yeah. And they're going to get <laughs> a real <laughs> learn education. the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens a lot of times. Is that children will come in after or while they're going through a difficult probate process or some other process because their parents didn't plan, and they'll want to make you know a trust or a plan properly.
1: Well, you've got a good team of people working with you in the office, don't you? Yes, we do. We're very lucky to have
2: very good and committed folk.
1: Yeah, and it's very complicated for people. So here's a quotation from Tom Brady. My job is to play quarterback, and I'm going to do that the best way I know how because I owe it to my teammates regardless of who is out there in the field with me. Hmm. Not a funny quotation, but a good quotation. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: He's always serious, always directed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> He's a very mentally tough person. Um, well, so how do you learn about doing probate? I mean, do you learn about it in law school? Do you learn about it from uh, working with other lawyers? Uh, do you read books? How do you, how do you learn how to do probate? It sounds pretty complicated.
0: You learn a lot along the way. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, honestly, different situations, it's always different. There's always something that comes up in a probate process or a sale of real estate, there's always some issue. So it's really just a matter of dealing with it Mm. as you go along.
1: Well, Yogi Berra once said, you could observe a lot just by watching.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I always said that whatever you learn in law school doesn't prepare you a bit to take the bar exam. Mm -hmm. And whatever you learn while you're in the process of passing the bar doesn't prepare you at all for the real life of practice.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in learning more about how to protect your estate, there's a Protect Your Estate Refresher Workshop taking place on Tuesday, April 2 at noontime. It's a lunch and learn, and it's being put on by uh, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Michael Coleman, and it's going to be at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth at their offices Tuesday, April 2 at 12 o'clock. You must make a reservation to go there, 508-998. Eight eight zero zero. Well, you know, in a couple of minutes, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the darker side of probate. Mm. Oh
2: dear!
1: I mean, like things like will contests oh, yes. and mm-hmm. unexecuted documents and mm-hmm. people who drew their own uh, will and didn't mm-hmm. do it correctly. So, um, I'll leave you with one quotation before the break um, from Yogi Berra: "He hits from both sides of the plate. He's amphibious."
0: <laughs> <coughs>
2: You know, I sometimes
1: wonder when I read his quotations, did Did he really say all these things or did he think about some of these things before he said them? But, uh, yeah, he's one of my favorites as well. I think we have some amphibious people today, don't we? I guess. Well, we'll come back in just a minute after the break. We're going to tell you a little bit more about the darker side of probate. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening every Sunday morning. MoneyWise is brought to you on Sunday by USA Wealth Group. You can reach us at 508-998-8858. And the specialty of USA Wealth Group is to focus on helping people have the best retirement possible. And you're only going to get one retirement, so we want to make sure it's going to be the best retirement you can possibly have and give us a call anytime and we'd be happy to make an appointment and talk to you. Now, um, we're going to start in our second half hour. We're meeting with Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Michael Coleman. These folks are a wealth of knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. This is what they do every single day. They help people protect their estates and protect their assets. They do nursing home planning and nursing home protection. Most importantly, they want to make sure that if something happens to Uh, one of your family members, that you don't have to go through probate. Or if you do go through probate, it's going to be the best experience possible. So um, we've already talked in the first segment about what is probate. It's the process of going through court. We've talked about the fact that you're going to be doing some lunch and learn conferences on April 2nd. And we'll remind people about that in just a moment. But what about the darker side of probate? Let's talk about Will contests. Now, will contests are not that frequent, but they do occur, don't they? So you've got some protection built into your documents, first of all, don't you?
2: Well, we do have a no contest clause that we include in all of our wills and in all of our trusts. And that makes it more onerous if anybody wants to challenge a will. It doesn't fully eliminate somebody's uh, ability to do a, a contest, but it makes it much more uh, difficult for them to uh, receive anything ultimately from the estate.
1: But you've seen situations in which people disagree after someone dies, too, about how to handle assets and what to do with things. I think Didn't you tell me once you had a story where somebody was fighting about a broom?
2: Oh, no, a yellow chair in the living room. Oh, a yellow chair in the (coughs) living room. Oh, gosh, yeah, they fought about that for about an hour and a half. We put them in a separate uh, conference room so they could yell at each other. You could hear it all over the the whole office.
1: Were these these two men or these two women, or what was it? They were two women. Oh, okay. (laughs) I had to ask that question. (laughs) I know.
0: must have been quite a chair.
2: (laughs) I know.
1: must have been a heck of a chair.
2: Honest and true. Uh,
1: I won't ask you how it ended up. Did you cut the chair in half? No. You know, I
2: don't even remember what they did (laughs) with the Don chair. I just didn't want to sit there and listen to them, so we separated them, let them talk
0: it out, yell it out. I had a contest one time um, where uh, there was a will validly executed naming two people as um, co-personal representatives, and a nephew decided that he wanted to be the personal representative of the Mm -hmm. estate. So we went through meetings, and eventually we got to court, and basically I said, you know, we have a valid will. Um, These people have agreed to serve as personal representatives. And the judge turned to the nephew and said, I'm going to dismiss this if you keep fighting. So do you want to keep doing this? And he just said no. And that was the end of it. Mm. So he didn't realize until we got before a judge that he had no, you know, standing really. Mm. So he delayed appointment for months and months and months just because he wanted to be appointed.
1: Well, I, I think it's really terrible when people fight about money and fight about inheritances and so forth. I yeah. mean, um, you know, and maybe that's why people who do actually draw wills and cut out certain people, they realize that they know their personality, they right. know their character, Right. if they have character.
2: And, and as Michael says, the judges have very little tolerance for any of that. They just have seen it all, and they're not going to let anybody get away with anything.
1: Mm. Well, that's why we have judges, and that's why we have um, the wisdom of judges, I guess. So, um, when you draw wills, do you keep the original wills, or do you let the clients take the original wills with them for their own storage?
0: Most of the time, we'll let the clients take the originals, um, unless they request that we keep them in the will vault. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a vault where we keep wills, but for the most part, the clients take the original. We always have a copy of the will in our file. Hmm.
1: Have you seen any really unusual things or unusual bequests in wills? If not, I've got one.
2: Well, I can talk about this one case. It's really a sad case. This man was a very, very bright man, and he did a trust with us, and we always do what's called a pour over will uh, in addition to trust. Well, turns out he never funded his trust, so nothing got into the name of the trust. And in the course of the time between when he executed the trust and the will, He had some fallout with some people who were taking care of him. Um, And so he drew a new will. He didn't come back to us to amend his trust or amend the will. He drew his own amendment or codicil to a will, and he had it witnessed by two beneficiaries, which, as Michael said at the beginning, is not what the court wants. They want disinterested parties. Okay, to be witnesses. so, So we have to probate. And we have to probate the old will, which still provides for the person who he had a fallout with. Mm. You know, it's, just, it's just a shame. It's what happens when people don't really pay attention.
1: Well, it's the old expression, he who represents himself as a fool for a lawyer.
2: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a fool for a client.
1: Or fool for a client. <laughs> or both. <laughs> well, Yogi Berra once said something that I thought made a great deal of sense. Uh, He said, in theory, there is no difference between theory and practice. In practice, there is. (laughs) Figure that one out. (laughs) Uh, He was good. Mm -hmm. He had some really (laughs) great expressions.
2: It's amazing he had so many. I mean, sometimes people say odd things, but he said it all the time.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, I was reading some of these, and I was wondering—I wonder if he actually made up some of these stupid things on yeah. purpose. But I think, for the most think. part, he didn't. Yeah. No, I don't think um, so. I think mm. he just said a lot of really unusual things—yogi yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bearisms or something. So, um, I when I was uh, uh, years ago, when I was uh, doing wills and trusts and practicing law, I had a um, a client once who. Have been divorced. In in the divorce agreement, um, it said they had to provide in their own respective estate plans, the husband and wife, that whoever had custody of the parrots they had three parrots. Birds. Birds. Yeah. Birds. Okay. The ones that talk back to oh, you. parrots. Parrots. It's like you said parents. No, parrots. B A R R O T S parrots. <laughs> okay. And Whoever had custody of the parrots, if that person died, they had to give the parrots up to the other person. Hmm. Uh, And so they would go back to their original custodial parent, Mm -hmm. parrot parent. (laughs) So they did that. And I did her uh, trust at the time, and she put language in there that said, um, I leave my parrots to my former husband if I die before him. As long as he's not living with the horror that he left me for. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I said, I'm going to use a different name. I said, Nancy, you can't put this in your legal documents. You can be sued. Your estate could be sued for slander. I don't care. I want that in my document. <laughs> we, we ended up putting it in her document.
0: By the way, the will is, once it's filed with the probate court, it's a public document. Yes, it is. So anyone can go see that. So, you know,
2: one um, one thing that I think is one of the funniest um, documents that I've seen. Michael is very precise, and if you do not have a will, you are said to die intestate, which sounds like a disease. Oh, we won't go there. <laughs> but <laughs> Michael has put together this list of what happens if you die intestate and who all of the uh, assets go to. So. Michael, just read a few of these (laughs) sentences.
0: Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, so what it says is if someone dies with a spouse and they have descendants and all the descendants are with that spouse, meaning they have joint children, okay, Okay, and the spouse doesn't have any separate children outside of marriage, Mm -hmm. then the spouse gets everything. Um, So that's the simplest scenario. Um, But if there's children outside the marriage... Um, then it, it gets more complicated. So a certain amount would go to the spouse plus half the balance of whatever's um, left over <laughs> than to the surviving descendants per capita at each generation. And by the way, this is what happens when you don't have a will. okay So right. That's one these, of the reasons these are the right? rules of intestacy. yeah, exactly.
2: But uh, reading down this, do you have a spouse? Yes, C2. no, yes. C6. two. do you have descendants? Yes, C3. No, C-13. <laughs> Ray was looking at this before the radio show started, and he said, I can't get beyond two. You <laughs>
0: can't get beyond number two. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated, and this is the statute in Massachusetts, so I'm just but interpreting. But Michael understands
2: it all.
1: <laughs> so what you're saying is that the Massachusetts statute for the rules of intestacy is complicated. It is, yeah. So you don't want to die intestate. No. And I won't go into the derivation of the word intestacy because okay. I've done that a couple of times no, before. No, we won't. We won't do that again today. So let me ask you this. If an executor is appointed, um, is it possible that they can cheat the beneficiaries out of money that they're entitled to?
0: Theoretically, yes, but then they can be sued by the beneficiaries. So so they have a special duty. They have a fiduciary duty to um, make sure assets are correctly held and managed for the beneficiaries of the estate.
1: Okay, and... Do they have an obligation to give a report to the court to show what they've done with distributing the assets?
0: They generally should do an accounting, Okay. you know, if they want to make sure that all their T's are crossed and their I's are dotted. Um, but I don't think it's a legal requirement
2: anymore. No, the, the uh, requirement, well, first of all, if you look at the different kinds of probates that Michael talked about, a voluntary means that... Um, Uh, there is not much court supervision of that at all because that's only for up to $25,000. But if you do an informal, that is overseen by a magistrate. It's the formal that's overseen by a judge. And so when you're dealing with courts, whether it's the magistrate or the judge, you really don't want to mess around. You don't want to be held in contempt of court or anything like that for not following the rules of the will.
1: Or personally liable. So let me ask you a question. Uh, Can your own attorney be your executor or your personal representative? Do you serve in that capacity sometimes?
2: Yes, we do. People often say, gee, there's really nobody out there whom I trust. And therefore we say, well, reluctantly, and we don't do it uh, uh, as a choice. But reluctantly, we will serve as the uh, personal representative or a successor trustee.
1: Okay, so um, you do serve as a personal representative sometimes, then, and
2: and we are, in fact, for this case that I just described, where the fellow did an improper codicil to his will, so it's going to be a, an interesting process to get through his entire estate.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Should you put funeral instructions inside of a will?
2: No, because the purpose of the will is to go to probate court, and by then you should be buried.
1: Okay. So that's an important thing. If you want to have funeral and burial instructions, uh, do you create like a separate document for that to leave what your instructions are? You can, okay. yeah. Okay.
0: And generally, you know, meeting with a funeral director or someone beforehand just to make sure that everyone's on, on board and Okay. They know what you want to have happen is a good idea.
1: So Yogi Berra once said, you should always go to other people's funerals. Otherwise they won't come to yours. (laughs) I like Yogi Berra. I would have liked to have met Yogi Berra. I remember seeing a lot of pictures of him when I was younger. Um, All right. So what other things do we need to know about probate? Um, What if you owe real estate taxes? Do real estate taxes still get paid on your house when somebody dies?
0: You have to pay the taxes, yes, Okay. or else there's going to be a lien against the property. So again, if there's no assets available when someone passes away, then who's going to pay the taxes?
1: All right. And what's what's a residuary beneficiary? That's kind of a mouthful.
2: Yeah, you can't even pronounce the whole thing. Um, that's sometimes called a laughing heir, because it's somebody who is who ends up with an estate. Uh, who didn't expect it, who never really paid any attention to the the deceased person, but because nobody else is above that person in the line of uh, uh, descent, okay. then uh, that person gets the benefit of that dead person's estate. I'm sort of tripping over my words, I apologize.
1: So basically it's the person who gets everything else that's left, so uh, what's a specific, gift or a specific bequest then? Yeah.
0: Well, you can do specific gifts of certain amount of money. Um, so say, for instance, you want to give 5000 or 10000 or whatever to a, a child, you can do a specific bequest. Um, so you can do that. Sometimes people want to give away personal property like jewelry or something mm-hmm. like that. And then everything else, you know, gets split amongst your name beneficiaries.
1: And then so what you might do is to say, I'm leaving three people these very specific items, and then everything else I'm leaving to one other person. Right. That could also be a residuary bequest, I assume. Right. Okay. All right. Um, So um, you may or may not be able to access somebody's bank account then when somebody dies until you go through what, this voluntary process or... What's it
0: called? D- it depends on the amount in the bank account. If it's below twenty-five thousand, less than twenty-five thousand dollars, then you can do the voluntary. If it's more than that, you're going to have to do an informal or a formal. Okay. And I've heard of situations where people have done wills and there was no residuary clause in the will. So, for instance, you have a, a specific bequests within the will handling certain property, but then there is more property, and the question becomes what happens to that property because there was no clause in that will saying all Uh, the rest residue and remaining assets of my estate.
1: So this really can get fairly complicated then, can't it? Yeah. yeah. So we're talking to attorney Michael Coleman uh, and attorney Tenny Lance. Mike, why don't you tell us again about the lunch and learn that you've got coming up?
0: So we're having a lunch and learn on Tuesday, April 2nd. That's at noon at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We'll be talking about... um, State taxes and wills versus trusts, how to avoid probate, um, protecting the home, and other issues, the five-year look-back penalty. So if you'd like to register for that, please call us at 508-998-8800. There is going to be lunch served, so come by and have some lunch.
1: But register is the most important message. Um, Can I give another Yogi Berra quotation? When you come to a fork in the road, take Take it. it.
2: <laughs> I remember that one.
1: <laughs> so, when did you come.
2: The, how did people record all of these of his? Somebody must have stood know. behind him with a paper and pencil because mm-hmm. almost everything he said was a little bit off.
1: Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit off. Well, we don't want you to be off when it comes to taking care of your estate and making sure that your will is done correctly or your trust is done correctly. So give these fine folks a call at 508-998-8800. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your estate is in order. Because the one thing you don't want to do is be unprepared. Right, Tenny?
2: Well, absolutely. This do you see
1: people at the last minute, and we won't obviously talk about any names or anything, but I assume you must see people at the last minute that decide that, gee, I better get my documents done.
2: Often at the last minute. Um people realize that um, death is imminent and gosh, they haven't done their documents for 30 years. And maybe the people that they left things to back then are not the people who are important to them now. So yes, often we see people who are facing a a difficult uh, situation and want to update their documents.
1: I've had this question come up before. Somebody says, you know, I'm inheriting money, I'm a beneficiary do I have to pay taxes on the money that I inherit?
2: No, there is no inheritance tax in Massachusetts. And that confuses a lot of people. There is no inheritance tax. There is no gift tax. There is a Massachusetts estate tax. um, And the exemption to that is only $1 million. Um, Many times now we find people with estates that are higher than that and they don't maybe even know it because they may have uh, retirement accounts that have been accruing uh, interest and maybe bonuses over the years. They have real estate that has been appreciating and they've got bank accounts and life insurance policies and lo and behold their estate is worth more than one million dollars. They have to pay or their estate has to pay an estate tax in mass.
1: Let's say somebody um, has passed away in Massachusetts, they have significant assets, and we know that creditors can file a claim against the estate for up to 12 months mm-hmm. um, after the, either the date of death or the filing of the probate, I'm not sure which. Does the executor have to wait until that whole year is up to make sure there's no creditors before they can distribute money, or can they do partial distributions in the meantime?
0: They can do partial distributions, yeah. Um, We would advise holding a certain amount of money in in an estate account just in case something comes along. So generally that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. And um, I have to give another quotation. This will be my last quotation. You can applaud now from Yogi Berra. (laughs) Baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. (laughs) Do the (laughs) math.
2: I
0: uh,
1: had some <laughs> great quotations. I could, I could spend the whole hour just doing Yogi Berra quotations. That's probably. what
2: people, your listeners, love.
1: <laughs> well, quotations are fun. It's the spice of life. You know, we're we're also celebrating something new um, uh, with the uh, playing of this particular show. It's springtime in Massachusetts mm. now. Yes, it really is. had a remarkable winter with virtually no snow. Yeah, it's been amazing compared to other parts of the country. But I went to. Um, I went to a couple of stores on the first day of spring to see if I could get some flowers for the ladies in the office, mm. and the flowers aren't out yet. Huh. They don't didn't have any. Went to two different stores.
2: Really? What do you mean?
1: I went like, to like a Home Depot, and I went to Stop and Shop looking for these oh, little you mean potted to, flowers, to plant. little plants. Ah, uh, they didn't have any. There were
2: lots of spring flowers in the grocery stores. Mm. Mm. I want to buy all of them. Well,
1: they have cut flowers. Yeah. But um, in any event. So we've talked about bank accounts. We've talked about probate. Probate is something to be avoided, but you also encourage people to, at a minimum, I guess, do a will.
0: Absolutely. Everyone should have a will.
1: Okay. And um, I guess I don't have a lot more questions I want to ask about the probate process. We know it's something to be avoided Mm -hmm. if you can avoid it.
0: The only thing I would say is that you know, If you don't have a will, like I said before, you don't have any control over who your beneficiaries are. So, for instance, I had to deal with one case where a person died without a will. Um, there were six children in the family, three of whom passed away before mm-hmm. the parent died, um, leaving grandchildren. That gets so, complicated. Yeah. Now, there's three living children, and then the, the issue of the deceased siblings are now also beneficiaries of the estate. Wow. If they had done a will, they could have named one or two people as beneficiaries and avoided that whole mess. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important reason to do a will.
1: And that must cause a lot of time delay when that happens as well.
0: It may even cause them not to do the probate at all.
1: You know, a couple minutes ago I asked a question about, can you go ahead and distribute everything right away? Do you have to wait for creditors for claims and so forth? Uh, There's a very recent case in the tax court of... um, uh, South Dakota, but it is considered tax law, a little, a little tax tip today. Uh, the IRS is allowed to go after heirs for unpaid estate taxes. Mm-hmm. That won't apply any, much anymore, but it will apply still in Massachusetts yeah. if you have an assets uh, asset value worth more than a million dollars. What happened in this particular case is mm-hmm. the person knew they were going to pass away, and they started distributing a lot of assets just before they died. Um, and... Those were considered in contemplation of death, and basically there was an estate tax still owed on the remaining assets, Mm -hmm. um, but the IRS said they can go after the assets that were already distributed. Hmm. That's law, that's principle that would apply in Massachusetts most likely as well. So be careful when you just give things away. Uh, Get some good advice and sign up for the Lunch and Learn. That's going to be on April 2, is it, Denny?
2: April 2nd at noon at our offices at 352 Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. That's an easy place to get to when we have handicap accessibility to our offices. I do want to emphasize what Michael was talking about a minute ago because I think the important lesson about what he said about a will is that you really need to review your estate plan, whether it's just a will or a will and a trust, regularly else it may go out of uh, uh, what you want
1: so protect your family protect yourself get some proper advice and if you don't have all the answers or if you don't think you have all the answers go to one of their lunch and learn conferences mm-hmm. give them a call come in to meet with them yep. and they'll be happy to set you in the right path and above all ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening